After the fact, Calvin here coming at you with just a little production note. We had such a wonderful time recording with M. Matson and uh, some great discussion topics, some good, uh, just great conversation. But uh, we did have a little bit of trouble with M's audio on this. It clips her words just a little bit. I was able to cut out any super problem spots where it was hard to even understand what she was saying. But just that'll happen from time to time in this episode. It's nothing too bad. I just wanted to give you a little warning on the top so that you're prepared for it. But uh, I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation as much as we enjoyed recording it. So, been a couple days since we talked, and I was able to watch a movie I've been really wanting to watch, Anish Shiganti's second feature after Searching, which a lot of people oh, saw because yeah. it came out when movies were coming out, so more people <laughs> knew about him. Right. Uh, but that was that one um, starring Jonathan Cho about the mm-hmm. dad whose daughter goes missing and the entire movie takes place on the screen of a laptop or right. his cell phone. Very it's well done. Never... I really like that movie. Yeah, me too. And it's uh, it well. genre is a thriller, suspense thriller. Well, this movie, Run, is also a suspense thriller. Completely different design. It's This one is a traditional, like, using thriller. cameras as an <laughs> yeah. omniscient point of view. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about a daughter who is uh, just about college age, and her mom is like... At first, you're like, this mom is just a really good mom taking care of her daughter. And you start to realize, like, wait, why doesn't she have a phone? Why mm. does she only have internet access this much of the time? Wait a second. She's disabled, but, like, also relies on her mom just to, like, go to places. Like, there's, hmm. you start to realize there's some sinister things maybe going on. Um, which Sarah Paulson plays her mom and does oh, so. Oh, nice brilliantly but the cool like really cool aspect about this film is kira allen who plays the daughter and the main actress um actually uses a wheelchair in real life and this is only the second time that a disabled actress played a disabled character since uh i think it was like 19 i lost the the date it's like 1948 or something like that oh my god which is just fucking crazy i mean i knew it was bad but if that fact is true that's that's that's, real bad yeah so really cool and she did a brilliant job this is her first uh feature film and i can't wait to see more from her and i am excited that uh anish continued his reputation as a good director i still i liked searching's gimmick so much that you know, it sticks out in my brain a little more than this one does. Yeah. But this is a fun thriller if you can handle that type of story. Based on what I've said, that might bring some uh, triggers for some people with, like, the... I forget the name of that when, like, your mom is so protective that you're like, wait, is she the reason you're sick? Oh, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, like, a specific thing. And I know that can be triggering for some people, so... Sure. But other than that, it was great. 
I really liked it. I will have to check that out, and and I'm glad you brought up. The, it's on Hulu, that by the way. Name. It's on Hulu. Okay, run on Hulu. Um, yep. and I'm glad you brought up that actor's name and like. <laughs> Props, as in like bare minimum props for human decency, <laughs> like to the casting director for uh, casting that Good person. Good job, actually doing that. what yeah, you should doing do. like what should <laughs> happen. Um, I have one thing to bring up. Uh, we've been putting it off. Uh, Eva and I, because she was uh, home for a little while, but we got back to uh, watching the season premiere of His Dark Materials. Do you know anything about this show? Yeah, isn't that the based on the Golden Compass? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I've seen clips from it on that. We've referenced the YouTube channel that uh, visual artists react. Oh I think yeah, a few yeah. times, mm-hmm. and they've reacted to the animals. Uh, everyone yeah, on that show has like They're a animal demons. sidekick, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, that's basically uh, what they are. They react because it's all CG. Every single one of them yes, is one hundred percent CG, and they're remarkably done. And if you want you should link that we'll find it maybe link that yeah, episode sure. i'll help you find it because it shows the actual process that the creators on um of the show go through to make those animals oh but anyway yeah, what do you I'm think of the show in that the, the show is really good i mean um I, I i'm a little bit behind we watched the episodes as they were coming out last season and so i don't remember specifically like everything that's going on so i feel like i need some catching up but what i can talk about for sure i mean the child acting is fantastic they got some really good actors and then also just the production value in general is out of this world i mean like way better than a lot of movies that i've seen like in theaters recently and well not in theaters recently but you know like (laughs) big budget movies um and i don't know just hbo is I was about to say, like, I really love HBO. I mean, it's probably, you know, another big corporation, probably some stuff wrong there, (laughs) I feel like, inherently. But uh, I really love what they're able to do in providing just, like, incredibly high-quality episodic cinema TV is what we tend to call it, even though, you know... I mean, it streams on our TVs, but it's not like cable well, anymore. But, I, yeah. And I, I will say, based on what you just said, I think a lot of HBO shows do a good job of actually being shows rather than the nine-hour movie yeah, that we totally. talked about before. Uh, a lot of TV f- or fans of TV are getting really sick of how like a show will come out, and you literally can't just watch episode by episode. You like have to binge it for it to be satisfying. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Or like one episode isn't as good, but it's okay because like it's a great show. It's like I feel like they've achieved that too. Like it is compelling. Like I do want to watch the next episode, but I'm not like I don't feel like it's incomplete. You know, if when I you don't watch proceed. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one thing that bringing back a show I talked about last week. I've heard the Mandalorian does that pretty well of yeah. being able to just be like, "Oh, this episode's 30 minutes. That's all it needs to be. Don't worry about it." Although I still haven't, like I said, continued. But I will, yeah. and when I do, that'll you probably be what know. I talk about next and time. And you let but, our uh, listeners know. Uh but yes. we should probably hop in here because we have uh, a special guest with us today. Uh a friend of ours uh from middle school and high school. I think we actually even went to like kindergarten together. I forget. We fully went to kindergarten together. Yeah, we totally <laughs> did. That's um, so cool. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. It's been great to catch up talking beforehand, but uh, let's introduce formally M. Metzen. How are you doing? Hi. 
I'm doing excellent. Thank you for introducing me. Yeah, yes, very formally. Um, so with our guests on the show, we like to ask them what kind of bender they think they are. So I'll pose the question to you. Yes. Um, so I thought a lot about this. So me and my girlfriend were talking the other day about how cool it is that uh, the waterbenders are, you know, Inuit, indigenous, um, inspired, yeah. but how cool it would be to see waterbending in indigenous tribes away from the poles. So I would be a Great Lakes yeah. waterbender because my tribe is of the Great Lakes. Ooh, hell yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. The Great Lakes waterbender. Yes. Yeah. Like in the, in really the like that. canonical world, as far as this show, we only really get introduced to like the northern One and southern northern southern poles, and the swamp and then style. the swamp yeah the swamp style yeah um and some people have done really cool stuff indigenous people effing love the waterbenders to talk about people talk about swamp benders being very similar to some swamp tribes as well uh so yeah cool. i'd love to yeah. see more cool like river tribes and whatever but i just imagine a great tribe of all the like anishinaabe up there and ooh, that would be dope as oh fun, yeah so. Oh, can I swear? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> we swear all the time on this show. Thank you for asking, though. Um, yeah, I, I love that sort of uh, reality and uh, avatar combining like an actual US of A Great Lakes uh, water yeah. tribe. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe we should uh, get into the actual show here. You're listening to A New Lens. My name's Calvin. This is a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. Uh, we've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode. We are on season three, episode three, The Painted Lady. Uh, this is a good one. I, I really like this episode. It's I feel like in season three, maybe one of the only ones that doesn't feel like absolutely vital to the overarching plot but it's definitely feels vital to the world building and the character which is one of my favorite yeah. things about it as i was watching yeah. it i instantly was struck with this feeling of like ah you know what i mean <laughs> like it's like a deep breath before yeah i don't know what but i just kind of feel like something has been coming and even with like Sokka's master plan which we'll get into during the recap uh it sure. gives you like an intense feeling and then the episode isn't like that. It's more like a, like a pit stop episode from an earlier season. And it's very yeah, refreshing because right. they don't do it poorly. Like, it doesn't feel like, okay, we need to buy time so we can write the next episode. We haven't figured out what to do. It just really totally. feels like, you know, we need to give uh, give this season some room to breathe. Give Aang's hair a little more time on his head. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I was yeah. talking recently and all of my favorite episodes of shows tend to be the show that is or the episode that is like so intrinsically of the show and i feel like this episode is that it is yeah you get like the shenanigans you get the spirit world you get to see cool bending totally. you get the characters being themselves like yes Sokka has a thing Sokka has a you know? thing Sokka's got a running <laughs> yeah. joke yes uh yeah and like yeah. it the show kind of is about how these people help everyone on both a macro and micro level and it's really very plainly laid out on this yeah. episode um wow yeah. so i really, really like that i love this whole part of the season honestly some of my favorite yeah. like surprise episodes like the full footloose episode before this one like 
Absolutely. Right? Yes. This is a great right? part of the season. And Sokka's so master good. after this, th- this is yeah. some of my favorite, like, yeah. dope story stuff. Yeah, it and it, like it, it feels vitally important because they're in the Fire Nation now, and like the overarching stuff is kind of coming to a head. But also, like in the arc of each season, we have had this like traveling pit stops to get the world that you're in, the sort of you know areas that they're inhabiting in both of the last two seasons, and now we need that in this season to like feel established in where we are. And this, oh my god, does that so yeah, well? Yeah, it's crazy how much more maturely this season handles the same stuff that every season has it's just a, it's like yeah. the, the showrunners got better at it simple as that you know what i mean we just right. yeah um and that being said i think i'll just dive into the recap of the episode so we can start talking about it um so oh, yeah. the gang is using a river which i found interesting to hide and fish at like the same time earlier we saw them using cloud cover now they're doing the opposite they're kind of staying low and using this river to travel through the fire nation and eventually come to a village on the offshoot of a majorly polluted area the village once a fishing town is near a fire nation metal built or metal factory which is the cause of all the pollution in the town and all the town's struggles so pretty much everyone in this town seems like they're struggling to survive and katara takes note of this feeling super wrong about moving on um at the same time appa starts getting sick and the town seems to then start doing a little better from the help of some spirit they all call the painted lady who we soon find out is actually just katara disguised using her healing abilities to help and using purple berries to make appa look sick so one night, mm-hmm. Aang finds her out, and together they destroy this factory, leading to a great climax with some Fire Nation baddies and a genius plan. I think that's a nice little recap without going oh, yeah. too detailed, yeah. and that page flew by way faster than I thought it would. <laughs> I was all yeah, like, man. this is going to be the longest recap ever. <laughs> no, we've definitely rambled way worse than <laughs> yeah, that before. I remember my Spider-Man um, 2-1 was like four minutes of me just talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this first shot gives us the basis of the entire sh- the, the entire episode is the pollution of this river they're they're flowing down and it's almost the color of this river is almost like you can't determine it from the land to a certain degree it's just brown um and you get this landscape shot and then you see ang is swimming in it so i think this must be a situation of like it has slowly been getting worse and worse if, yeah. as they've been traveling yeah it was like because i don't think ang would just jump into that water the mississippi <laughs> river level bad right. at first and then it turned into yeah yeah i wouldn't further even... down the mississippi that's a pretty good analogy yeah yeah, yeah actually yeah um and then I love uh, Aang is playing like uh, Marco Momo <laughs> instead of Marco Polo. <laughs> Momo. 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 That's so funny. I love that. Uh, yeah. And then he flies back up onto Appa, who also, I mean, Aang gets up and realizes how gross it is. Appa's mouth is in this water. <laughs> no. He is floating. Like, I don't know. I, I I just had that thought. I was like, get Appa out of there. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the ways they let you know that this isn't just like sort of muddy water, but actively like polluted water, is when Ang gets up on top of Appa, he like airbends all this mud off of him, and it splashes on everybody, which a rude Ang, <laughs> um, and, and classic Ang, yeah, and also classic. <laughs> um, Toph like tastes it and spits it out, like. 
I don't know. That just struck me because she doesn't care if she's covered in a layer of dirt or a layer of earth or anything. She probably likes the smell, likes the taste. And this was like, like she's disgusted by it. I don't know. It's just a little indicator of like, this is gross. (laughs) Because usually doesn't she like eat rocks? For sometimes, just like, just for fun. <laughs> I don't remember right that now, as you're saying that, I'm imagining her taking a bite out of a rock and it works in my head. So I, I don't feel know like she if would do she it does even if she, or doesn't. Yeah, but, even if she didn't do it for like nutrition, I think she would do it for intonation at least. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I like to think that the, uh, oh, well, the hippo did that, didn't he? In the, yes, the, the introduction to Todd. That is what I'm thinking. So of. if he can do it, you know, she can do it. Yeah. And yeah. there's that rock candy in the King Boomy episode. I like oh, to think right. that only earthbenders can eat that. <laughs> they have to earthbend <laughs> while Appa they not? eat. Not? I feel like Appa took a bite of Or no, it was just King Boomy. He took off a piece. L- Momo licked it. <laughs> Momo was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Most Which, Momo also has a couple moments like that. He has some indicators in this episode that we'll get to. Yeah. Momo's a. Okay. Uh, Vital character in this one. Um, Ooh, I can't wait to hear Momo lore. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, he, there's some background stuff happening. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to say, too, in this beginning section, I'm already used to Aang with hair. I like yeah. it's it's something that uh, is so strikingly different than what we've been seeing for two full seasons. Like mm-hmm. with Zuko, he goes through like a phase every like 10 episodes with his hairstyle. Yeah. And it always, I don't know, he he kind of has become like a, a character with different hairstyles. And I don't know. It's diff- It's just like part of his, his character. But yeah. Aang just drastically changed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of used to it. It took one episode. The headband, I think, was all it took for me to be like, this is Aang's look now. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I can't remember how long it lasts. But it's cool how like they created such a signature look for this character and then changed it. But he's still Aang, right. and yeah. it still is like, yeah. I don't know. They also you know, take... like him being bald doesn't, re- you know, doesn't, uh, or him being like his character doesn't require him to be like a bald monk sure. in like full garb. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's still that lighthearted uh, free spirit that we know, you know? You forget what his look is so fast. And I think that makes the yeah. end when they switch it back. I don't know if I'm supposed to not do anything. We try and keep it non-spoilery. You can bloop, but, uh, you can bloop, you can bleep it. You can bloop it. it, you can bleep it. Um, I'll probably leave it in because I assume the people know he's going to return to it at some point. I will give you the aesthetic spoilers of all the looks in the season. And <laughs> he, uh, when he returns to a more signature look, that moment is like so much bigger because you're like, oh yeah, shit, that's what that's what you look like. You don't look like this. Right. This is that's you in so Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I also love that they take... Uh, they take pains to make the little details of his hair actually growing out. Like in the very first episode, it's very clearly just like kind of fuzz, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit more to it in the next one and even a little bit more here. And it, it proceeds like his hair continues to grow. I love that they're, they're not just like, he's got hair and this is what <laughs> it looks like now. I'm jealous uh, of the characters in the Avatar universe because their hair grows like two inches a month. No, it, you don't want that. <laughs> <Yeah>. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have like I have long growing it. hair as well. I shaved my head 
Like, wow, yeah, you have avatar ago. hair, yeah. Calvin. Perfect description yeah. for uh, the audio medium. I guess I can. He's uh, like two to three inches of hair on top of his head. <laughs> yeah, thank you're you. Welcome, thank you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for yeah. helping our Here, listeners uh, as I'm slacking on that. Uh, well, now we get Sokka's master schedule is introduced. Uh, he's got this scroll that he rolls out, and it's this gigantic piece of paper. It's color coded. Did you I see think the I trivia even... about this? Yeah, it's literally like a, an image that they used of the actual creators' plans of the entire show. I love that. Uh, color coded and and uh, organized and everything. That's dope. Which is cool. Um, just imagining him like going into town to buy some colored pencils just for this plan. I would you know, love it's a sock. If there was a thing that we just didn't see, him making yeah. this plan probably took him hours, and it could have like <laughs> saved time on the plan. But the top right. like four hours of it are like me making <laughs> make the plan. The plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He sacrificed a lot of pee breaks for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would love to introduce him to an Excel spreadsheet and see just like what he does. You know? Oh man, he'd, he'd go be like, wild with that. I don't know about this. You know. <laughs> yeah. um, but now we learn he has pretty much every minute from where they are until the day of Black Sun planned out. Like, he has a master schedule for them all to stick to. We don't get a whole lot of commentary on that yet, but he does uh, introduce it. Uh, they decide they need to get some food, so they're going to go into uh, this nearby town that they discover. They decide to hide Appa by covering him with, like, a layer of moss, which is cool. And, and you know, it's like, which you look is... like a hill with horns. But also, is Appa just going to stay there under... <laughs> This, like under moss cover I mean, for hours would like, would you I'm take a nap bit, under a moss a for like hours after swimming in a lake for like i don't know 24 days yeah no no especially that lake Appa Appa is just the Appa chillest though you know yeah, that's true like when we first were introduced to appa he had been woken up after a hundred years and was like nah i'm gonna just chill for a little bit longer <laughs> yeah. appa says when i'm ready yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 He's ready to take a nap under um some moss because the line now you just look like a hill horns, like you mentioned. I yeah. like I want that tattooed on me. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I, I like fully pause to laugh at that. I don't know why I find that so yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. Just like someone walking by, just like going out for a picnic. Oh hey, look, that hill <laughs> has horns. Look at the hill. Okay. How inconspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they go down to the dock uh, where there is a, a a raft, a sort of, uh, god dang it, what, what do you call that? A ferry, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy at the dock and he says his name is Doc um, <laughs> and he'll he'll take them over to the over to the town and he starts using this pole to move them along just like they do in Venice. Uh, and Exactly. Exactly like Venice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> except with a lot more pollution and mud. Um, <laughs> yeah, we see uh, the pole swing over like Sokka's right, face, and he's thing. like, yeah. "Although not to like humble brag, but as someone who has been to Venice, it smells about the same." I would, I would guess. Oh Ooh, yeah, damn! Now all our Venice listeners are gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you've been to Venice in the summer, you know, so no one's gonna be pissed at me. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
they get context that this used to be a fishing town, like we sort of touched on in the recap, and that this metal factory that the Fire Nation uh, has built nearby has polluted the river and sort of ruined the town. And I think it's really important. One of the main things that they're doing in the world building of this episode is establishing, like, the Fire Nation is not just fucking up <laughs> the Earth Nation and, like, the rest of the world. What the the military is doing is fucking up the Fire Nation as well. It's the entire world. Everybody's being affected by this. And man, we get these montages, or, or, or this montage as they arrive at town of these just tired, like, sad people. They, there's sick people. They're, everyone's just, like, laying down or sitting and not doing anything. Nobody has the energy for anything. Um, and it's just, it's it's rough to look at, and you see that in, in the group as well. Um, and Katara is very affected by it, but uh, Sokka's trying to keep them on track and say, like, there's a bigger mission here. We can't worry about this because we, we have a schedule to stick to here. Um, but Katara's like, I'm not just going to, I can't just ignore these starving people. I can't turn my back on them. And there's, I, I don't know, this episode does a lot to show the differences in how Sokka and Katara handle these situations. Because she's saying, I would be turning my back. And Sokka's saying, I'm being realistic about what we're capable of doing and we can't help every single person along the way. Which, like, is not a completely unreasonable no. argument to make. I'm definitely on the side of Katara because she's able yeah, to help. Yeah, it's kind of like both, you know. right, they're both seeking solutions to fix the thing. Yeah. Sokka just has a more long-term perspective. I, I like I like their sibling dynamic because it really does set them intrinsically up as Katara as the day-to-day caretaker of, of individuals. She sees people and Sokka, he wants to help as many people as possible with whatever he can. Yeah, like you had said earlier, this shows how um, this episode shows the show's capability of the micro versus macro scale of problems in a world and like how they're not just focused on the macro things. They also, it's, and Katara is like the, uh, I'm always bad at using the right words, like the surrogate for that. I hate that word. Maybe that's not right. <laughs> but uh, Aang is like, you know, the kind of guy that I feel like would, would join in in that mindset and sometimes Sokka as well. But this is like such a specific, that's why I love this episode because it's such a specific problem that it's like. You can't, Katara can't ignore this, you know, like maybe yeah. if it were like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't even think she could ignore like a family if they were walking down the road and there was a family and they were like, can we have a little help? She'd be like, what right. can we do? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's what Absolutely. I love about Katara's Katara. ride or die for literally every stranger and you got to respect her for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I keep reminding myself as I'm watching this episode that this is the same Katara who has been raised with that innate, like we were talking about in the last episode, innate hatred towards the Fire Nation mm, in sure. general. When they yeah. were there, her and Sokka were like, we're not going into there. Like, we're just going to get fire blasted just walking into town. Right. And it took yeah. that, I think really it took the Footloose episode for Katara mm. dancing with all of these Fire Nation kids that are her age to realize like there are people just like me in this nation who have absolutely no idea what's going on and now that she's had that realization and we're in this town it's like a whole nother level and she's like holy shit like the fire nation doesn't mean shit it's yeah. there are bad people in the fire nation 
And there are people suffering from that here too. And I think Sokka just, he knows that after that last episode, but he still as that, like, I don't know. I like to think that his dad leaving him as the protector gives him this mm. like feeling of with like a patriarchal protection over the family. You know, he's like, I'm the dad, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, sure. even him choosing to be Aang's fake dad in the last episode, <laughs> Wang Fire. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something there. Like, and yeah, I think it just is taking him a lot longer to uh, actually get it, you know? Yeah. Sure. He I knows, think... but he doesn't get it. Yeah. Yet. I love the the, the father comparison because it right. doesn't feel like he's been like strict patriarchal, but more like dad on a vacation, you know? Like he is, he's got the checklist and the sunscreen and he's like making sure all of his kids like have everything and he like needs to keep us on schedule, folks, you know? Um, It feels like goofy dad at like a souvenir stand trying to wrangle kids. Right, that's so accurate. Uh, And I really, I really enjoy that about Saka quite often. Right, absolutely. Um, We get quite the goofy character as they... Arrived to the first like marketplace to try and find some food, and the same guy from the dock is there in a different hat, and he's like, "Doc, no, I'm Shu. I'm the I'm I work at the marketplace." Uh, and they're like, "Okay, whatever." They he, he lays down this <laughs> toe. I like that they don't mind. They just call yeah, him just Shu. Now. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, they um, accept it right away. At this point, at least. <laughs> yeah. He lays down this tote of just gross fish and these clams that are yeah. just brown. Per- they're perpetually leaking out. mud. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they'll pick it up and mud will still be leaking out. And then later, <laughs> right. there's still mud. There's it's like they have a, a D&D, like, bag of holding inside of them filled with mud constantly leaking just, or something. Yeah, just unidentifiable yeah. brown sludge. Yeah. They buy some fish from from this guy, uh, and I think they only get like three fish. And Qatar's the one holding them. And this little kid comes up and asks if if uh, if he can have some food. Can you spare some food, please? My my mother is sick, and she gives him one of these three fish, which is like that's a big contribution. But she says, "I wish I could help more." Um, and I mean. You're in that place too. There's this little kid. He's got he's got either a birthmark or a scar of some sort on his on his shoulder, and his mother is like over behind, just like completely passed out, sick. And you see how much it affects Katara that she can't do more in this moment, uh, which makes sense. It, it it gives proper motivation for what she eventually does go on to do. And shout out um, to Mae Whitman again for oh my god the yeah. brilliant like few words she speaks to this like. I wish I could do more. It could be so easy to be cheesy or to not be right. enough. But she hits that perfect spot of me feeling like, yeah, me too. Oh, my gosh. Like, right. even if you were on Sokka's side, you're not anymore. Yeah. Now you're not. You're on Katara's side after that moment. I like the process that they show of Katara and Toph separating the, like, on a lower scale. We get to see it a little bit more later. Um, but on a small scale of separating this water and this sludge. Uh, so that they actually have some proper drinking water. And Sokka's going over his plan. He's, he's like, okay, if uh, because of this like setback, the amount of time that we've taken, we're going to have to wake up 43 minutes earlier every morning. <laughs> How do they measure time? I don't know. Does I was going to bring this up watch? too. <laughs> like, I, I get by the sun. This makes sense to me. 
Yeah. But I love the idea of him having just like a little alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, like how does he, how would he me- wake the them me- up? The mechanist or the mechanist. Oh, yeah. Um, in the Southern Air Temple, right? Right. Yeah. He had the candle to tell time and Sokka thought that that was ingenious. Yeah. I bet he just took some with him or something. And every now and then used a candle to start getting an idea of like, and now he has just this amazing <gasps> internal clock. Okay, the what candle- you've just presented to us is that Sokka knows exactly how much a minute feels like, yeah. which to someone oh, yeah. with ADHD, you've described a superpower, first of all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but See, Sokka doesn't know, but he's actually a time bender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but this is the first time we get context that the eclipse itself is going to be exactly eight minutes, which again is like, how do they know this stuff? Like it was sort of an innovation that this guy had a candle that popped every hour. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, this is kind of a good way. If you really think about it or don't really think about it, that's the point. (laughs) It's a good way to kind of introduce us to the fact that, all right, yeah, we haven't talked about it at all up until now, but time is a thing. Like, Hey, we got to cut out 43 minutes. Minutes exist in this world. Hey, the eclipse will last eight minutes. Like it all just flows into that so that when the eclipse comes, we can buy the fact that they're able to be like, we have eight minutes if that ever comes. Yeah. Because if they never, if they just suddenly did that, then this question would be happening in a very, very crucial episode rather than us asking this question during, you know, one of these pit stop episodes, which now... It's just kind of in the back of our head, like, okay, they can measure minutes in this in this universe somehow. I don't know what the theory is called, but essentially when you accidentally include something in a universe and then you kind of have to like back it up, <laughs> which is supported yeah. by my favorite line uh, discussed in Lord of the Rings where they kill, during the scene where they kill the orc and they say, looks like meat's back on the menu. Someone was like, oh, well, wait a yeah. sec, that implies orcs know what a menu is. And I'm <laughs> yep. fascinated. Yeah. Yes, I love that post. I think this may be one of those, like, well, we've included minutes, so how do we tell them? (laughs) Yes, so... Yeah, you're right. It's totally... But I like that, because then it makes us think, like, like how? Okay, we got candles. I am disappointed we don't see other timekeeping things, but what a weird thing to be disappointed about, so... I feel like... Also, if they spent time in this episode to be like, and this watch that I got from this place that works in this way, I'd be like, okay, I don't don't need to know this. So I guess, I don't know. The more I'm diving into the whole time thing, I'm sort of like, I don't know how that works. and I don't don't want to stop thinking about it. That's fine. Listen, people move water in this thing for like, just, I don't really care about. Yeah. Maybe since they've had Toph, she can like feel the earth and be like, it's 4 13. I just, we know exactly what that that means. It has spun exactly this much in our time zone god yeah. time zone we um, cannot get into this because yeah no we can't okay they they go to bed and uh <laughs> at what, what time they wake up what to... time do they go to bed <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know sunset the apple pulls out his clock <laughs> um <laughs> sorry that got me <laughs> they wake up to <laughs> he's got a, he's up... got a watch on each wrist damn you it know. okay 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 Katara announces to everybody that Appa's sick. She's like, Appa seems sick. I don't know what's wrong. And Appa's just chilling. I mean, he doesn't seem like, I don't know. Now knowing that he's not actually sick, <laughs> just watching. Also, he's, he's fine. He's this just is chill. He's what just I was referring Appa. to earlier as the secret Momo stuff that's <gasps> going on. Yes, tell me about that. If you oh, watch yeah. Momo in this scene, 
he's sitting on Appa's tongue, licking it. Yeah, yep. Because it's co- covered in purple berries. berries. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't yep. lick a sick tongue. <laughs> yeah, there's even a and moment. Aang, like, pulls him off. Yeah, exactly. And is like, Get off of him. And you're just like, Aang totally missed, like, the most obvious, like, of course, I don't know. As soon yeah. as I noticed that this time, I was like, holy shit. Like, he just, like, missed what, I don't know. Like, it was yeah. just a cool little thing. Details in the background. Because then later, when we find these purple berries, Momo eats, loves eats them. Eats them up. Yeah. Um, they decide they have to go back to town to get more materials now that Appa is sick. Um, and everybody seems a lot happier for some reason. And we get context that food was delivered by the painted lady. This figure, this spirit that uh, this town... That is part of the town lore, as uh, Shu actually puts it. Shu, Doc, whatever you want to call him. Um, and it's this river spirit that watches over this town, which is it, very cool. I love the statue he pulls out. Uh, the, the the hand gesture that the painted lady is actually making in that statue um, is actually a specific thing. It's called the uh, Vitarka Mudra, which is a gesture of discussion and teaching that can be seen in many uh, Buddha statues in real life around. So I just thought that was which cool. I think I think that specific gesture is an important uh, important for this spirit because it's a water spirit in the Fire Nation. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, totally. Apparently, learn a little bit, guys. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> so the um, I I the painted lady is one of two spirits that originally was a human and just transcended because she wow. had such a close relationship with spirits in nature yeah. that they were like, yeah, she's cool, bring her in. Um, <laughs> she's so cool, like, she's cool. I it's super cool that she's doing the sign of what was it of teaching and, and conversation? Yeah, discussion because yeah. if. A discussion, yeah, because it feels like that's very intrinsic to 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 who she is, and and even to Katara, I would say. Yeah, like that. Wow, that's one yeah. it's like her foil. Absolutely, and like she is teaching Katara to embrace this side of herself and to accept that that is a good thing. I just think, yeah, this whole thing is an opportunity for everyone. Wow, to grow. and later discussion is the thing that ends up saving this town. Yeah, it's right. Okay, wow. Yeah. All right, we'll get there. Uh, they they buy fish uh, again. Shu asks if they want the one or two headed fish, and Sokka goes for the two headed one. No, I like, support what? that decision. I support I that too. decision. He's right. More food, more, more bang food. for your buck. Plus, I think get to see what a two headed fish looks polluted, like. You know, man. on the inside, they're all fucked. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess if they're all fucked, I don't know. Um, but uh, we get a a cut again to that night, and this seemingly uh spirit floats over to the town in this fog and there's this glow as this spirit enters into this seemingly like where a lot of where sick people are staying where they're like trying to take care of them and this glow as she heals these people and this little kid is clearly awake as she heals his mother and as she exits the the building the kid follows her and says, oh, and just this this little kid voice, uh, voiced by Will Shadley, is just the delicate, like, it could be like, thank you, painted lady. But it was it was just, thank you, painted lady. Like, just the, the way he delicately says it, it just touches me. Y'all know that song, me. Christmas Shoes? Christmas yes. Shoes. Rings a bell. This is a Christmas Shoes-ass kid. Where yes. you're like, 
Where it's, it's a story about the, the woman who... Katara the, turns the, around. So I laid my mother yes. down. <laughs> so it's about a kid who... It's a heartbreaking story. And they just play it at like malls uh, on their yeah. like soundtrack. Uh-huh. About a kid who wants to buy his dying mother some beautiful shoes. Uh, and oh. it's so sad. And it feels like it feels <laughs> yeah. like sad, like trauma porn a little bit. And uh, <laughs> oh, it is yeah. like, no, fully. it is because yeah. the lines are just this kid like crying to the cashier. Oh, I don't God. have the money for these, but these shoes are just her size. Oh. And then like a guy, some like guy comes up and he's like, so I laid the money <laughs> down. Yeah. I it just is... had to help him out. You know all these lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it. That's the part I know because I always that part, it kind of like, cracks is... me up because I just imagine this guy like walking by, seeing this crying little kid, being like, <laughs> so so down. just like breaking out into song, and this kid is like actually crying about his mom. Oh my god, that's like people who like film them giving money to people. Hundred yeah. percent. That's <laughs> what that song is an embodiment of. So this yeah. little kid, he's got Christmas shoes energy to me. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, I, I and I love him. Yeah, I don't know this, but uh, I I'll have to look it up afterwards. Um, but as, as he says this, Katara looks up. Well, the painted lady looks up, and we see her eyes. It's very clearly Katara. Um, uh, they go back the next day as Appa is still apparently sick with the purple tongue. Um, they ask if <laughs> they go to the marketplace, and uh, the guy's wearing the doc hat. They say is shoe around, and he literally like runs around the building, like dips down, comes back up. Like I do like that they're for the first half of this episode. Like I mean, it could be like you don't see him <laughs> change, you know? Yeah. Um, and he pops back up with the other hat. They they buy some clams because they've taken all the fish uh, from his stock at this point. Um, and he gives them context that. Someone, uh, the, the painted lady came last night and healed our our sick people, uh, and they're erecting a statue of her like in the middle of town. Which did they make that that night? Did they just have it lying around? And they it's were a like, big statue too. It's a big statue. I like to imagine that in this town, that statue was already up and everything mm-hmm. was great. And then when the water got polluted, everything went to shit and. They took the statue down. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, mm. the painted lady abandoned us. When in reality, the reason for the painted lady abandoning them is because she's like, you know, probably smothered by the polluted waters. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of implied probably that probably. that is why she disappeared. That like. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to spoil the ending. But yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's a bit of a cause and effect without anyone realizing they're causing and affecting things. Or. Doc slash shoe just made that statue overnight. I do really <laughs> like the the idea of them just being like, well, we don't have a statue. Should we like make a statue? Like, how big should it be? Yeah. I don't know. And it's like Four perfect. How do we not have a statue yeah. yet, you guys? <laughs> Everybody feels good now. Like, let's let's get working on a statue. Um, Katara sees this statue and she's like, wow, what a, uh, what a noble lady. I mean, spirit. Uh, she must be a great lady. What spirit? Um, Sokka does not pick up on it at all. And he's like, um, it, things are just going to go right back. Like, she didn't actually really help these people. If if she wanted to actually help, she should use her magical spirit powers to blow up that factory over there. And he does this like, Woo. Why is Sokka still 
like trying to piss spirits off when the man's <laughs> fully been abducted by a spirit like several times that is you so know? true and his his like first love was is now the spirit of the moon the moon come on man you um, should be the first one to be like spirit magic is dangerous and we shouldn't fuck with yeah, it <laughs> that's true but I, I mean as he says later in the episode like he is just joking he's just like why don't they just use the powers to solve it all um, but actually, after I he love says that, that moment, by the way, of him being like, you know, Ooh. oh, yeah, <sighs> and then Aang goes, No, no, Sokka, that's not at all how spirit magic goes. And you think he's gonna be like, It's yeah. not some voodoo thing or like whatever, right. but instead, he goes, It's actually like this. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes yeah. or favorite moments in the episode for uh, sure. Just like, <laughs> well, this notion leaves Katara determined. She's like looking out over the water, and you see this look on her face where it's like she looks off at the factory, and she's gonna fucking do that. She's gonna take care of take care of it. So we cut to that night, and she's filling her her sleeping bag with hay. <laughs> Which does, does not seem like a, a really... Yeah, you're better than that, Katara. Come on. <laughs> Come on with something better. Considering she fully makes a mirror in the next 20 right. seconds. Yeah, yeah. Just make water. an ice sculpture of yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> make a mud ice sculpture. That'd be way okay. better than... Yeah. But that's that so Katara true. energy to not know how to sneak out of camp and do it in that's... the worst way possible, which is yeah, filling your true. bed with straw. Good luck. Okay, where'd she, where'd she get this paint from? Do you think it's just a different color berry that she like mashed up, or do you think it's something that they were just like, I don't know, she has. Well, her they do. Well, have war Sokka's paint. master yeah. plan is color coded. Well, oh, they have war paint. True. Sokka has war paint um, that is blue oh, yeah. and yeah, white. Yeah, that's and right. Black. I bet it's. I war bet paint. it is war paint, or I'm sure they just keep paints for ceremonial purposes. Um, that's true. That would make a lot. Which of Which also makes me think about how. When you think about like the Southern Water Tribe and the amount of access they had to things, they weren't trade. They weren't a trading community. They like mm-hmm. everything they had was something that they had to get themselves. And he had war paint in his right. uh, when he was there. So I like to think that they know they could make up a paint out of almost any kind of herb or whatever, as long yeah. as they, you know, like okay, you this part water to this part. Uh, dirt to this part whatever color right. to make really paint like you know what i mean i bet they have like extensive knowledge in that right um i honestly though think about her going whoosh and making a mirror yeah. out of that puddle so much that's oh one God. of the images that is like my avatar memory images we yeah. talk about that a lot of <laughs> yeah, this podcast totally. like, oh, i have one about show i think about this that's one of mine. Just like how sweet that is that she's able to just create a perfectly just glossed mirror in the swipe of her hand. This episode is really fun because it's the point where you begin to realize that they're like all massive. Like, you know, they're masters of bending, but they're right, doing yeah. such cool shit casually. And you're like, yeah, yeah oh, it's casual. Okay, now. okay. Like you, you kind of. This is one of the first episodes where you're like, so really, the only threat to you is the Fire Nation that, or the Fire King or the Fire Lord. Like, that's yeah. the only threat. Yeah, you're so like, right. Yeah. Like, they're not really worried about shit anymore. They can goof around and fuck up a whole. Yeah, like right, not to jump ahead. Group of, uh, group to, of people uh, of your stuff, but they fully in their spare time blow up a factory. They just do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There was like yeah, five pirates exactly. that gave them trouble in the first season. And now they're like, 
Right. Yeah. Just five pirates <laughs> set them back so much. And now they're just, yeah. I mean, even in just the, the thing directly after Katara, you know, putting this paint on and everything, Aang sees her and goes after her. And this chase is like, I mean, it's sort of, you know, there's an intensity to like, he's trying to get after her, but also he's just like trying to run after it, this person. Yeah, it's almost jovial. And the Hello, way she like lady. floats <laughs> over the water and the fog and the way Aang creates these like steps they on the ice, steps of ice on the water as he's jumping I across. I love that shit so much. It reminds me of X-Men to Magneto yeah. creating steps of metal, yep. which is like a... That is like a thing in my memory. Oh, so absolutely. when this happens, it's like, ah. I don't know why. I just <laughs> like the idea of someone running across a surface they can't using superpowers. Yeah. Uh, That's it. I love that you went Magneto <laughs> and I went Elsa. I'm okay with the that, more direct route. <laughs> so accurate. Um, but I, I also love the little detail that Aang thinks this is uh, an actual spirit, and he's shouting to her like, "Hey, I'm friends with Haybai, the spirit <laughs> from the first. We're very close." Like this, which the, is true too, because last yeah. time we saw Haybai, Roku was like, "An old friend is here." Right? Yeah. Haybai <laughs> so like, must tell everyone about Aang. Yes. Yeah. Um. But eventually, Aang does catch up with her. Hello, on the bridge uh, between our worlds. <laughs> right. Yeah. The way he's saying that, he seems like kind of frustrated with the fact that she didn't just immediately say hi. Um, he finally catches up to her. He says, uh, "My name's Ang," and he pops down in front of her like after she thinks she's good. And I'm like, "Where is he hanging from?" And then it cuts he... away, and he is just hanging by like his foot <laughs> upside down from a rock, and just flips down. Like, goddamn, Ang does some like acrobatics in this. And Aang has like a plus 10 to his D&D acrobatics. <laughs> yeah, he's basically Spider-Man without spider powers with the acrobatic power. Yeah. Wait, no, he, that's a bad analogy. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just... Well, oh, well, Moving okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really like that he uh, brings up the attractiveness of the spirits. It feels that weird to me. Means. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but like... I'm like, come on, Aang. You like Katara. I don't well, know. I, I it think feels that's like a he's... joke, right? Is that well, he's yeah, like, absolutely. yeah. But also, but let's. <laughs> we can talk about other things, guys. He's a spirit, or she's a spirit that he's interacting yeah, with the first right. time. Yeah, he's like, you're. Hey, you're, you're cute. You're like, yeah. so pretty. If I was a spirit, I'd smite someone immediately for that being the first phrase they <laughs> yes, see in my face. Yeah, hundred percent. So really, yeah, this is a bit of a joke at the expense of like actually making sense in the. <laughs> context at all um but uh he says you seem familiar and it's like oh i gotta go no no you seem really familiar and he air bends her hat off and it's katara um and he's like you're the painted lady i can't believe you did this is appa even really sick and she's like well if eating the purple berries that i gave him makes him sick but it doesn't seem to i think he's fine like he's he's fine um and ang's like i can't believe you lied to help those in order to help those people she was like i know i really shouldn't have and he's like no i think it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes hey you want to blow up a factory <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god uh yeah and then they just do they just go and <laughs> fuck this factory up they go through it feels the, like a large scale but shortened version of the drill yeah. you know they kind of yeah. have a good idea for like how uh, Fire Nation architecture works and sure. like 
she you know she knows that water can fuck this up he knows that breaking <laughs> certain like small pieces will cause things to implode it also they do some take... really cool shit in this little sequence it doesn't like... take a, a massive amount of knowledge or intuition to get that like a uh, molten metal is gonna fuck yeah. shit up if you pour it all over the <laughs> when he pours it out such just... a gleeful expression on his face yeah he's so happy while he's doing it the my like avatar memory is that scene when she's on the catwalk and the water comes yep. behind her yes. I, that lives in my brain rent free i think oh. about that all the time <laughs> it's yeah. dope it's so dope she does this like uh, yeah build didn't christopher up nolan steal that through. for inception i'm pretty sure oh, he, holy uh... shit. that is so oh dude holy shit because it's basically like him. <laughs> there's Come something on. with bending oh. where you don't see something happen right away that really makes me like oh it's yes. gonna and yeah. it's always good it's, it's always good that's why the ant or the live action version is so funny in one specific moment because they have that in and we probably will eventually talk about this movie we probably i don't should. know i hate but this so moment much, i yeah. want to talk about now we see a bunch of earthbenders like do this preparative form and yeah. they go ha and then a rock floats by from <laughs> yeah, off screen. a little rock slowly floats by so like it's like what you're talking about where you're like oh shit, oh, shit. but then just one rock <laughs> floats by and it's like uh, it definitely being hung by like a wire <laughs> right. that was then painted out you know like it like deserves the momo music we're like yeah hundred <laughs> percent oh man um i like i like this shot as they're leaving the scene of the crime uh where they go back from uh through the path that they uh, entered in and you see these big pipes that are coming out slowly uh, peter mm -hmm. out and stop polluting the the river um stop pouring out pollution into the river and they, they cut to as they're walking back to camp and the sun is starting to rise it's like a both a, a dumb moment for the character to be doing and also like audio not lining up with the animation ang is sort of just like maybe a little bit smiling but just like walking normally and he goes ha pew <laughs> like <laughs> like you were you just how long has it been it must have been like an hour since you did that were you like just remembering as you're getting that's back one to of those classic things where like, like you're in a movie and a character's like oh, you know if you just wouldn't have read that book and then it cuts to them like in Washington, D.C., landing in a helicopter, getting right. off the helicopter. Right. I'm sorry, but I had to read it. It was just the next thing on my right. list. And you're yeah. like, wait, you just did like you a 13 hour <laughs> helicopter ride. What were you, right. you know, just sitting in silence that whole time, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. But they get back to camp. Sokka has found them out. Um, <laughs> I mean... Pretty clearly, there's hay in your sleeping there's bag. There's hay in her uh, sleeping bag. Toph has clearly found a bag of berries <laughs> yeah, that wait. she started eating. I'm pretty sure these were just like in Katara's stuff that she was like trying to hide. Toph smelled some berries, started eating them, and Sokka was like, yo, your tongue's purple. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just realized that Toph can like sense people. Why would Katara even pretend to not be in her sleeping bag? Toph is like That's so yeah, true. that's a really good point. Like, you need dead, to get back in Katara's time. Katara's not here. Yeah, not thought through, but I mean, she did what she had to do. All right. I got to let that go though. I got to let that go. <laughs> um well, Sokka's like, I'm drawing the line. We're leaving now. Uh we have to go. You've been lying to us. I'm mad. Uh and then we get the shot of this 
general emerging with the big scar uh, across his face and a furious look as the smoke rises from his factory and he looks down at this town and you know where he's going to unleash his anger on and then this is probably he day's dad from the last episode oh (laughs) the bully this is that guy's dad honestly dude um good point i realized i forgot to mention something during the chase scene that i thought was really fun uh, speaking of UA, there is so many moons reflected in the water, in the background. Yeah. They really were mm-hmm. like, UA is watching over this. Like, yeah. such a very distinct but blink and you miss it moment that I really like when they have moments. It, it makes it feel like more of the show, too, because, like, it's a callback to the spirits looking over them. It's a callback to the spirits they're connected with already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. I like the spirit ones. Yeah, no, totally. I noticed that as well, that there was one shot especially where Katara runs across the water and you see the ripples of where her feet touch the water going out. The moon is there and then she runs across and you see the ripples go out and then the moon returns in the reflection of the water. Just, I mean, the animation super well done, symbolically also well done. They don't even, like, if you know the context of the world too, like, that's something they don't point out, but it is in this episode. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um... And then we get these metal uh, jet skis, basically. Yes. They're a little badass. I mean, I I hate these people, but they're like, they're a little badass. Um, They uh, race out to the town. The gang is peeking over uh, this cliffside, watching what's happening. And I love the, just the cinematic, uh, the, the, the shot choices, basically, of this argument as Sokka poses the question to Katara, like, what did you do? Like, look, what happened? And then it cuts to the two of them as they sort of uh, hash this out. And they hold on that for a long time while the conversation goes on. Like, I feel like people very much um, in cinema, I mean, it's hard to hold people's attention in a certain way and like editing smoothly can can be tricky but i just love the fact that they're like here's the argument it's these two people it's their sides he poses it and then it's them as they discuss it and she reveals that they destroyed the factory and it was your idea in the first place and sokka's like i was joking i said they should use spirit powers and i made funny noises and it's kind of like yeah i mean he has a point okay Um, but to be fair you should not joke about ecoterrorism that will help people around katara because then she's like i'm really really excited about this (laughs) that's that's he should know better better um she was like what would you have me do and he said i would have you leave and then it cuts to her close up And she says, no, I will never, ever abandon people who need me. This Oh, just fuck yeah. Her becoming truly inherently grounded. That's the line. This is why it's like such her episode too, because I feel like this is... This is just everything that is Katara. Yep. Yeah. This is her with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, it's her freaking catchphrase, basically. I always talk about how this feels like a really indigenous episode. And I oh, I've pulled stuff out that I find like really interesting. But I think inherently yeah. that commitment to making sure that others have what they need, that commitment to community and helping others comes out yeah. because it is inherently about Katara and Katara is built upon that construct of community in indigenous communities. Yeah. So 
the, the, I think that's the, one of the reasons this episode feels like it, it, it is indigenous or it has that that connection to it because once you break down into the heart of Katara, it's they're intertwined, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way they're juxtaposed as well. I mean, you you have the cultural influence of that as well as like the influence of or you know the commentary on these two characters, which we've already touched on, but this is also very laid out. And the the way she says, "I will never abandon the people who need me, whoever it should be that I come across." And Sokka is more big picture. We can help all these people, but he also has a list of specific people to him that he says, wait, she goes off to like help. If you're not going to, then I'm going to go do it on my own. And he says, wait, I'm, I'm coming with you because you need me. And, uh, I kind of don't like the way that she's like, oh, you do have a heart. I don't like, like, he wasn't being heartless Saka has always had a heart. I like the the line he has when yeah. he's like, when she's like, I will never abandon someone who needs me. And he's like, I will never abandon you and you need me. And so yes. it truly, exactly. like the episode is just about our connections to each other, whether they are familial, whether they are strangers. Mm. And I do like that it leads that, well, he obviously has always had a heart. Maybe this episode he's been a little harsh, yeah. so it justifies her saying that. And it gets for a really good joke of <laughs> Aang just tears flowing down his face. Yeah. Oh, he does have a heart. <laughs> and then Toph just <laughs> punches Hulk him. punches him. <laughs> like the Avengers when the yes! Hulk punches uh, Thor. Uh, Thor and yeah. just like he just disappears. You know, <laughs> like that's what happens. It's yeah. awesome. So one thing is explained here as we cut over to the town and these Fire Nation brutes basically arrive and uh, they say, I see, so you steal our food, you uh, you know, steal from us, and now you destroy our factory. And so that gives a little context, like that's where she got food from to deliver to them. They didn't explicitly uh, explain that and it feels like, it doesn't feel like, you know, they're hitting you over the head with anything. It just feels like a uh, pretty smooth explaining. But And then he pulls out his watch and he says, it took us exactly 35 <laughs> minutes to get here. <laughs> yeah. Some things, other things, you know. Uh, I find it funny that th- they say, <laughs> they say th- that wasn't us. It was the painted lady that delivered those things to us. And he's like, ah, yes, your beloved painted lady. And he pulls up a statue like he has the statue in his hand. He knows. <laughs> How does he know the lore? Does he pay attention? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's actually like a super devote. Like he's got that already. <laughs> and he like in that moment realized like, oh, this is how I will keep myself hidden amongst my peers. Like, oh, like yeah. you like this. And his buddy's like, dude, where'd you get that? And he's like, don't. So don't this, don't, don't, this don't. commander collects Funko Pops of local spirits and brings them with him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your beloved... That's uh, Avatar Kiyoshi. Oh, shit. Uh, One second. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, But they they take it out on them. They obviously don't believe them that it was the painted lady. This guy shoots off a fire blast and burns up an entire house and uh, basically says we're going to cure. Well, he doesn't basically. He says we are going to cure the world of this wretched village, which is like, Jesus, like what? (laughs) 
I mean, even if their worst offense is that they stole some, I mean, I guess he thinks they ruined the thing, but like, you look around at what you've done to them. Yeah, you should get some therapy if your first jump is like genocide, you know? Yeah. Yeah, You need a little bit to step back. Let's take a couple. Maybe maybe analyze uh, how you're processing your feelings a little bit more. That is the main concern um, in the Fire Nation. Actually, I always think about that is they will need so many therapists after all of this, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. My God, yes. Aang needs to just deploy and train. <laughs> like Guru Patik is very busy. At the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I noticed a, a little piece of trivia that I thought was really cool. This is... It's cool, but also like, wait, what the fuck? That's kind of, but also maybe there's a, I don't know. (laughs) It's an interesting piece of trivia. This is the first time we actually see a female firebender is how it was, how it was written out in the trivia. First time we see a a woman firebend in the show. So I think that's really interesting. Um, But I don't know. Like I, my head goes to two places on one. Wait, have we not met Azula? Yeah. Other than Azula, sorry. Oh, okay. Other than Azula, because she is like a bad guy. And I think it's interesting because I'm like, okay, is that like in we've kind of gotten this like idea in our heads of like the Fire Nation troops being a bunch of men, Fire Nation, and they're all firebending men and they're all like evil and stuff. And that's kind of one of the things that made Azula so dope was like, wait, like this prodigy badass like probably the more scary villain than we've had is like the sister of who we thought you know like that's Mm. holy shit and i don't know i think it's kind of it's like i'm i don't know how i feel about it that it took them this long to introduce other characters but also like it's kind of good because you know we didn't like intrinsically think like yeah, no, there are thoughts. I'm having thoughts about it. It's sort <laughs> of like adding diversity into your imperialism, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, like it's hard to do that. It, thank you. You yeah. put it perfectly. Yeah. Like I'm having thoughts about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of emotions and I don't know which way they go, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, they uh they take down one of the main pole like uh structure supports of this uh town in the middle of a river with a hook and then they're getting ready to fuck shit up even more when they light this big sort of cannonball looking thing on fire and then this gust of air blows it out they're like what the fuck (laughs) and they put it on fire again and and then he's like light it again (laughs) it's like okay why are you so mad dude and like immediately blows it out um and then they uh they enact this plan they work together in such an amazing team teamwork uh it's one of my favorite sequences me too and i didn't even think about it until this time but it's almost like they're doing exactly what Sokka and Aang joked about oh yeah Yeah, that's just a bunch of spirit magic and uh spooky noises yeah you know what i mean yeah the katara creates this big fog that starts coming out i love the little kid saying she's coming (laughs) total poltergeist like fucking oh shit Uh, exact tone yeah appa making these big growling sounds toff smashing this giant rock to create like these you know uh looming booming sounds Sokka Sokka somehow has like a fucking flute (laughs) his face as he's blowing into it is just hilarious 
I'm also like, this must just be like, I don't think he has instrument. Like, I think this is literally just he found like bamboo or something. Yeah, and like, like quickly makeshift made fashioned a... something, you know. Because he's not playing tunes at all. He's kind of just making like a... You know, totally. Like, yeah. But yeah, they totally are doing just like basically what he described of spirit powers. Yeah. Um, I love as the fog separates, you see Katara floating on the Ooh, surface of the water. The Ooh, this music is one of the most with this the, moment. Dopest. And you know it's coming. Oh, you know it's coming. And then she just. <laughs> and the music is like the. Like, yeah. they don't hear those notes, but we do as an audience, right. and it adds just a whole nother level of intensity. It's so like, cool because we don't need that, you know what I mean? But just having like the like that yeah, crazy like, intense music just makes oh, me like, oh, she is about to fuck shit up. And you the know? best part is, and you then know she, she just can. jumps and lands. Oh, yeah. oh it's so chilling. I love the way the the general just sort of like very fuck this guy he's like do something and he pushes them forward into hey what a fucker i hate that guy um uh and then we get context that ang is below doing the same sort of like handhold like hand and feet holding on to braces to keep himself up as he did earlier in the episode when he was chasing after Katara when he thought she was the spirit. Like, he does that oh, same yeah. move. And so we're like, oh, hang acrobatics. Well established. And here he is using them to actually accomplish <laughs> something big. I don't um, know he... if if he is credited with the move, but this is a very Jackie Chan move. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's, like, the or- originator, but he, like, originated a lot of stunts and a lot of, like... Hmm. Uh, um. I don't know the word for it, but like using like funny things in martial arts, like that right. was what Jackie sure. Chan did best. But I, when I see Ang doing this, I literally am picturing Jackie Chan just like <laughs> up in the corner of like doing a thing, and I'm like, yeah. yes, like I love that. That does feel fitting. I don't know. Anything that reminds me of Jackie Chan just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he scares these these uh, soldiers by blowing up at them, and it does sort of seem like. One thing I love about this is they don't really indicate any specific bending through it because they're using lots of different influences. Like the way that Aang blasts their stuff off, it kind of seems like she just blew their hats off, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Like telekinesis way- or something. Yeah. And, and the way that she like lifts this boat, it seems like she's using the water. The spirit is using the water because that's where the boat was. And then blasts it against the the wall and it explodes but especially the one where the the soldiers run away and then this general's like i'll handle it myself and then he bursts open the dock and it very much feels like like the dock is just exploding you know there's a moment where he sends uh like the the fire towards katara and there's such a level Mm -hmm. of trust where she's like we got the, the and like oh and then you get to see her fly into the air um yeah, in a very dope way takes another of those big air gulps yeah i believe that that wasn't planned i think oh. that they had no idea if this guy would fire blast them and as he was fi- as the move was happening katara and ang oh, yeah. synced up yeah. spiritually and he just knew like i'm gonna blow up and she's going to use the air to rise and she knew ang is going to do this for me it was like yep you know what i mean that oh it's so cool and then 
honestly, that how she lifts those uh, boats and then slams them against the wall can mm. so easily be like, a, yeah, like a waterbending move. Okay, but like you were saying earlier, M, when you really think about the level of progression or like, holy shit, like that yeah. kind of bending. Okay, remember in the Siege of the North when they right. stopped one ship attacking the Northern Water Tribe? It took like 10 waterbenders <laughs> around the ship. Yeah. These ships aren't that big, but she takes two of them barely moving her hands to do it and is able to just destroy them and she's not even tired like it doesn't even take anything out of her you know what i mean i just like i like to imagine that if she wanted to she could just tidal wave that whole factory no problem but she went into it to like take it out from the inside and I, i don't know like they don't need to show us that level yet but we've at this point I can't imagine anything she couldn't do. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Katara's bending becomes like awe inspiring this season where you're like, uh, yes. okay. Yeah. Like before you're like, wow, she's so good at bending. And now you see things, you're like, what? 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 Like some of the later episodes too, you really get to see how dangerous and and I almost think like limitlessly powerful in a good way the fact that one of the most right. limitlessly powerful people is the kind of person that has the line I will never turn my back right. on the people yes. who need me yeah you're right. so right uh and it's clearly impressive enough to scare the fuck out of this dude <laughs> she floats up in front of him parts the fog again and she says leave this town and never come back and well, he swims away. The jet ski comes up and they're like, oh, I'm dipping out of here. Um, and I love the way as she watches them go, I love the way her face softens. And she's like, this worked. I helped these people. They, those people are so scared. They're not coming back. And she managed to do it without, I mean, she blew up a ship, but she didn't hurt anybody. You right. Know? It's um, a very Katara way to get rid of an entire occupational like factory. Yeah. Take, like, disable the factory, and then when they retaliate, convince them that they should not fuck with the, the <laughs> Say people. no. Yeah, 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 just say no. You don't get to do this. <laughs> um, as they return to town, there's, like, whistling and cheering going on because this, their beloved spirit has saved them. Um, and uh, then they realize as the paint is wearing off that, Hey, you're just that colonial girl because they said they were from the the Earth Nation colonies, and uh, the town starts to get mad that they were that that Katara was tricking them. And uh, hey, you're a waterbender. Um, how dare you impersonate our beloved painted lady? And Sokka stands up for her now and says, "You that. should be on your knees thanking her. She just saved your town." Yes. Uh, and that actually works. Like they actually kind of listen to reason there, which I like. You know, we've had some arguments like that in the show where you hope people are able to overcome you know, their initial reactions, and sometimes they don't necessarily do. But I like in this case, they they recognize it. And um, she says, you know, these problems are, are here. These are problems with the river. These problems are real. Um, you need to be able to help yourselves. And you can help yourselves best by cleaning, this, cleaning the river and uh, healing the environment that you're inhabiting. Right. And I love... Uh, 
the way uh, that that's introduced to of just being like i think it's doc at this point being like well what are we supposed to do and then <laughs> yeah. Toph runs oh, into the crowd and goes maybe we should clean the river oh that's what it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally literally yeah. like sticks right. sideways out of a person yep. yeah <laughs> no um, this is one of the reasons too where I, I always rant about how indigenous this episode is is the it really ends on the idea that like you take care of the things that take care of you back and it just becomes that like cyclical nature of I take mm. care of my community, I take care of my home and both of those things will come and take care of me back. So yeah. th- there you can rely on, on spirits to help you and lead you. But at the end of the day, you're the person that needs to, to help the spirits because we see that later is that when, when spirits aren't taken care of, they, they leave, they can't stay. Um, so, mm-hmm, yeah. but the whole process of, of being a community that begins to take care of the things that they need to survive because they weren't doing anything else. Our fishing village, that's all they do. And so mm-hmm. when, yeah. when they kind of incorporate that and take that responsibility, it becomes, it takes them a day and suddenly their whole livelihood is restored. Wow. Yeah. And that's making me realize that that is the influence of the painted lady's uh, knowledge and discussion. Like it mm. before her influence on this town, um, when she was basically just something that they you kind of get the idea of them looking up to the right. painted lady as like a deity. And that's it. Oh, like, yeah. we've got this statue of her. I've got this little like toy right. of the painted lady, but it's just in the drawer. You know, when she was just that, you know, like yeah like it's great they worshipped her whatever but then this you know slowly things polluted she disappeared from their lives and I think Katara basically teaching them that you are part of this as well is like the painted lady's whole shtick right like yeah, she right. worked through Katara to discuss and create knowledge so now when she leaves when they leave this town will be appropriately not that there's an appropriate way to worship, but like we'll be appropriately uh, embracing the painted lady and yeah. actually thinking like, oh, this is the river spirit who we worship. Let's take care of our river, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Able to return back to their actual culture yes. of yeah. fishing, of respecting the, the spirit, respecting their livelihood through the river. Like they're able oh. to kind of return because Katara gave them that. Um, and sometimes all you have to do is blow up a factory, you know, which is another, <laughs> I will say another very indigenous thing is like, it feels like a Thunderbird story to me because Thunderbirds are very powerful, life-giving creatures, but they also will just fuck your shit up if they don't like it. <laughs> uh, it feels very much like that, where they're like, mm, no, fuck that, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Mm. I mean, we can all come together and face this as a community and everything, but also it'll be a lot easier when this factory fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I really... Another conversation to yeah, have, right. no? A, a conversation between Sokka and Katara, a conversation between community support and... And a conversation between know. the factory and fucking off. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Get to know each other a little bit. Um, <laughs> I really uh, love the time lapse of them yes. cleaning the river. Yeah. yeah. Um, the music. I forgot what yeah. movie I was just watching uh, director's commentary with. I think it might have been Into the Spider-Verse or... Mm something good but it was an animated film and they were talking about how um oh man i really want to think of what movie this is i'm pissed it doesn't matter (laughs) 
basically the animator was given this sequence and it was it was actually on one of those youtube videos uh Mm. cgi artists and animators react again here we go bringing (laughs) that back up but he was talking about how for a time-lapse sequence in animation you just animate frames and then put them all together i mean obviously that's how all animation is but like when you do a time-lapse in uh live action you take a photograph every few seconds so that your frame rate you know once you turn it to 30 frames a second it makes everything look fast so it's the same thing with animating but picking and choosing what frame you decide to animate is so much harder to do because you don't have a visual of the fluid movement between so being able to animate a time lapse to me is so freaking like right i just think that's like talent holy crap like because when you think about it like none of it looked more sped up or more slowed down than other sequences we were able to see this river being cleaned up at a right at the right rate things moved in a way that looked natural i don't know like when i after watching that video and realizing how they animate time lapses i have a higher appreciation for it and this one is one of my favorites it's done so well and the color in the river just slowly turning to this like clear blue it's so nice Yeah, the the episode and uses so what's many. his name being Bushi. Now I'm Bushi. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, God, the this episode has so many like really cool little things so well, like you mentioned, yeah. like the time lapse, like the cool like shots of the the moon, like the fun like sound effect. Mm. This the, it really is just oh, chef's kiss. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the show has gotten better and better. They they have realized some of the great things that they're capable of doing and the subtlety that weren't necessarily in pit stop episodes at the beginning of the show i mean there's a lot of great things going on there as well but the sort of the little things like that i think yeah are very developed at this point in the show i love we watch the color of this water get better and better in this montage and it makes sense why katara would be going down by herself to like look at the product of her actions and like how she was able to influence and put her hands in this clear water and as she does the actual painted lady spirit shows up and i fucking love that that it's this like you know that you don't know whether or not it's a real spirit. It could be the town relying on something that doesn't exist at all. Yeah, and they I like call that. It no, lore. like their like beliefs are real. Lore. Like this is a <laughs> real, like this is a real spirit right. that watches over this town. Um, who was you know? Yeah, we we already discussed all of that. But I love I love the way she just says thank you, and Katara that's just it. smiles, and that's right. it. Perfect. That's the end of the episode. It's beautiful. I get chills. And I I think it's really cool. This was like noted in the trivia on the Avatar wiki. And I I align with this. I don't know if the creators have confirmed it. But Mm -hmm. the uh, since this is a spirit of water, it's related to UA being the spirit of the moon, which is one of the main reasons there are a lot of like, they look very similar when she floats there and the way her dress flows and her hair flows is very similar looking to the first time we see Yue drift up away from mm-hmm. Sokka and um, or when we see her in the Swamp episode. Uh, and I think that's just a really cool thought, yeah. especially M pointing out all the moons. Like, Yue yeah. is very right. much a character of this episode that we never see. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. she's here too. She's just as much of, 
Like I like to imagine the the spirit says thank you and then goes back and chills with Yue and is like, "Yo, I'm back!" Like they fix my river, and Yue is like, "Yo," you know. And they all just wear so. these big floaty dresses and they're just hanging out like Galadriel like, mid, like, yeah, water. like just <laughs> yeah. Con- like seven yeah. water spirits floating gracefully. <laughs> yeah, just, I like, like what how you're do you feel, like Yue? Wearing. And Yue is like, "I will always love Sokka." <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, uh, what? be all you talk about (laughs) oh god well uh i think it's about time that we talk about a kid moment of the week kid moment of the week week. uh anybody got anything to put forward i've got a couple moments that i marked but i don't know i've got a couple too i think the spirit magic early in the episode with yeah correcting him because yeah, the expectation is that he's gonna be like, "That's not how it works." I'm the Avatar, and right. it just doesn't work yeah. like that. But he just changes the sounds. Yeah, that crap. It's a very Livioso, not Livioso. Yes, yes. Let's <laughs> yes. hear that from Lil Aang. <laughs> um, I like the one or two headed fish because it's kind of a kid moment of like, "Oh, gross!" <laughs> like, totally. And it also the fact that Sokka's like, "What? You're getting bang for your buck." Like the logic and the ridiculous in that. I don't know. I I liked that a lot, but I marked several. I, well, what I what, what do you have, M? I, I mean, I the horn with hills. Like obviously horn with hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just obsessed. But I also really <laughs> do like the the punch uh moment like oh, tough. Of oh tough. Yes. i love he really does have a heart like, so yeah. he, like surprised a laugh out of me because that is such a like oh moment and they're like anyway kid show uh and it's so funny like it's so funny <laughs> yeah that's true i actually really like that and i don't know that toff's gotten a whole lot of kid moments and i do like this also you know shows she's like everybody's having a sensitive moment fuck that <laughs> like and i think uh, the yeah. other one I wrote down that I can't let go by just in case, even if it doesn't end up being one, because we haven't yeah. talked about it. Huh. The final moment with Shu, Doc, and Bushi, <laughs> oh, yeah. when he says, now I'm Bushi. And then yeah. Sokka goes, ha, I caught you. See, you just changed. Ta- or is it Toph? Some- Who oh. says it? Someone says no, like, I- no, because Toph can't see. <laughs> Sokka goes, <laughs> You just changed hats and, and you just said you were a different person. And then he leads yeah. in and he goes, ooh, that sounds like my brother Shu. He's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, wait. <laughs> I don't know. That moment ever since I was a little kid has made me laugh, but also be like, I'm confused. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> are there two of them and one is crazy and the other one is just Doc? Or are there, just you know what I mean? Dude. No, there's one. That feels very realistic to me. It's just, there's just one dude doing this thing and everyone's like, oh yeah, that's whatever his name is at the time. It's <laughs> yeah, just, just the guy. Is, yeah. He's three different people. It's It's cool. <laughs> I don't think this one has been as clear cut as it's been in the past. Uh, I think I don't know. I like I like the top. Do we have to vote? We don't. Uh, we usually don't. We usually kind of just settle on it. But uh, we we have a lot thrown in the air here. Can we say the top moment? What do you think? I really like the top. I like moment. the top moment. All right, top. It goes to top. Kid moment of the week goes to top. Punching Ang. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I was gonna say it when she does punch him. Her arm is so strong. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there are some moments where Toph is, like, supposed to look small to make you go, wow, it's so badass how small she is. And then right. there are some moments where they give you, like, the proper definition of her arms. And it's, like, she's a bodybuilder. She's builder. ripped. <laughs> yeah. I-, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but there's, like, that 
that kid who's like eight years old and a bodybuilder <gasps> that like every now and then goes viral on Facebook and it's just oh like, God. oh, that kid's parents, why are they? <laughs> why but are this they? that's yeah. tough, you know? She's doing that <laughs> despite her parents' wishes. I, exactly. I think it's a little kid moment too because I think that's tough being like, I will not cry in front of these teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. So I will punch. I will punch instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's uh, that's about all that we have time to talk about on this episode. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, you can check out our actual Play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Uh, you can find all those episodes, all these episodes on legendary4.com. There's comment sections on all of them. Uh, feel free to reach out as well as uh, tweet at us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all at New Lens Pod. Uh, thank you to Sofina Sago for our uh, podcast art. Please, if you have uh, the capability to, check out those donation links to the ways you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, yeah, thank you, M, so much for coming on. It's so good to talk thank to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, thank you. We're not, we're not a podcast that inserts like audience cheering, but <laughs> there was a moment right there thank where you. I would have thank liked you. it. <laughs> for m yeah yeah um, well uh thank you all for listening as well uh i'm calvin i'm gary and i'm m and this is a new lens this has been a new this lens. has been a new lens i knew i was gonna fuck it up but guess what That's okay. we're still here <laughs>